Belichick's lost a, lost a step to I'm me. I'm not going to do I, this. I'm not going to do this. This is Annex Squared. What is up? It is Annex Squared, episode 10. We appreciate you being with us on the Hammer Betting Network. My name is Jason Anik, joined by the play-by-play voice of the ultimate fighting champion, Chip, my twin brother, John Anik. Dude, great to see you as always on Annex Squared. So tomorrow morning, wheels up, New York City, UFC 281. Happy to say I will be with you, albeit on a different part of the aircraft. Yes? No, I mean, we're all flying economy. We're all flying coach. We're all flying coach together. Palm Beach International to JFK or LaGuardia. Let's just hope we get out of here because it seems as though there is a a tropical storm brewing hitting South Florida. School cancellations already for your kids Wednesday and Thursday already? I mean, that's a pretty quick trigger. I kind of like it. Candidly, if I'm a superintendent or administrator in Florida, you don't get a lot of chances to cancel school. You know, I'll cancel the fuck out of school Wednesday and Thursday. Yeah, these hurricane snow days. I'm saying to my girls all the time, it's a snow day. So, yeah, so no school today for for voting day. And then the next two days have already been canceled. A Category 1 hurricane possibly coming to the east coast of Florida, as you recall a couple weeks back. West Coast got hit. But anyway, yeah. excited that we're going to hop up to New York City, feel a little of that cold breeze, represent the city of Boston a little bit. Um, looking forward to this fight card, man. Not going to lie to you. I know it's a football show, but uh, we'll be focused on football today, and then we will shift gears to combat sports. There's sure. nothing like a UFC pay-per-view, of course, and it's ratcheted up when it's in New York City. You know, I used to talk about the Ronda Rousey effect and certainly the Conor McGregor effect. For someone like me who lives and breathes this stuff, when one of those athletes was competing or we have a New York City backdrop, it's just crazy. It's a total sprint to the finish. Um, You know, a lot of people want a piece of you. The schedule fills up quickly, and um, I'm excited to get to New York City, but it just feels very intense, and the depth of this fight card is such that that just the ticket requests and everything, it's just been absolutely insane already, and we're just sitting here on Tuesday, but excited, of course, to carve out a few minutes for the NFL, and, uh, you know, I keep bemoaning the fact that we're getting deep into the season. Week 10 means that week 18 is in the not-too-distant future, and... I talk about the anticipation all the time of the NFL season or even just any Sunday at 1 p.m. Eastern. I hate to tell the NFL masses, but two months from now, the regular season's going to be over. And, um, you know, we're going to be crying in our Cheerios again. I'm telling you, once the calendar flips, it's over for for many teams. Um, Before we get into last week's picks, do you know that I've never stepped foot in Madison Square Garden? You know that? How about that? I've been and I've been all over the country to all sorts of venues and i'm from boston it's not that far um been meadowlands several times you know barclay center i've never stepped foot in madison square garden I well that's kind of exciting it is the mecca yeah exactly so but i prefer the old boston garden all day all right, well hopefully anyway. we can get you a wristband because uh my wife and her brother are using my tickets we'll find a way to get you in the <laughs> yeah we'll figure it out so so in terms of we're going to get into our last week's selection so just to let those of you know who haven't digested annex squared in the past each week we each pick five games against the spread and against each other our ultimate goal being to submit five picks to the circa four pro football contest where each week we submit five picks against the spread thousand bucks to enter that contest we were flirting with the money last week, but we'll get into that later. So we're going to we quickly get in, okay. <laughs> we're going to quickly get into huh. our sele- our selections from last week. Um, we're not going to spend as much time digressing on on the previous week as we have on past episodes of Annex Squared. Going to get into it real quick, see where we're at, and then move on to the next week. So heading into week nine, 
you had a five and a half game lead. 23 and 17 for you, 17, 22 and one for me. Week nine, a little bit of a different story. I picked up a game and a half. I was three, one and one. You were two and three. Why don't you run us real quick through your two and three? Since, right, I get to pick this week, right? I'll let, we'll let you run through your two and three since I was three, one and one. Go ahead. It is amazing how much chest pumping you're doing for a guy that's 20, 23 and two against the spread head to head against me. But hey, everything with the asterisk that we force you to pick five games against the spread on Tuesday. So much fluidity, speaking of which, coming into week 10. But yeah, two and three for me. Uh, The losers, the Bills minus 13 at the Jets. Kind of felt like that one never had a chance. And obviously we got a bad number on Tuesday. Kind of is what it is. Seemingly bigger problems potentially for the Bills with an injury to Josh Allen. Colts plus five and a half at the New England Patriots. Terrible selection. Again, one of my worst of the year. But the New England offense is terrible. And those two offenses were putrid on Sunday. So, yeah, bad selection. You got me head-to-head on that one. And obviously we'll get into the Indianapolis Colts a little bit and Jeff Saturday and everything else a little bit later. Cardinals minus two against the Seattle Seahawks. Probably a good time to let the viewership know that when it came time to submit our five picks, I was bullish on Seattle. It was one of my best bets of the week. And I don't know if that's good or bad, but Seattle ended up in the five. Arizona was not a game that I played and um, you know we've had pretty good success against the local uh, South Florida bookie this year the hits Lions plus three and a half against the Packers would remake that bet every day of the week and then the Jaguars plus one and a half against your Las Vegas Raiders who seem to come out of the shoots okay right I think this is the second time this season where they've blown a lead of 17 or 20 nil third right so you know a lot of what you're trying to do though throughout the week right is Set yourself up to have success early in these games with a lot of the scripted no plays. And seemingly the Raiders are doing that. Um, but I couldn't resist taking the points with the Jaguars plus one and a half. Really a strange week. Probably as emotionally as upset as I've been when we get into our Circa yes. Sports 4 million. In terms of my text messages, I try to keep it pretty even keeled. I was very upset this week. I was <laughs> very upset. But 25 and 20 overall after a 2 and 3 head to head against you. And. Um, you know, we still have a lead, albeit not as big as it was a week ago. So the two games we were on opposite sides. So my one loss of the week was Packers minus three and a half at the Lions. I like this less and less as the week went on. But like the field goals still count in the NFL. It's like unbelievable when you get stuffed at the goal line and third down, like it's, it's okay to get your three. You get two field goals. It's the same amount of points as a touchdown. It's like there's there are points on the board that are left there by Matt Lafleur, and I, it's like he's got. Man, I just I understand analytics, but it's like everybody. It's like oh, you just got to get seven. It's like the field goal just goes away anyway. Packers had some chance to get on the board early, and I think tweak momentum a little bit. Either way, they have a lot of issues, a lot of health issues moving into this week. That was the one loss. My push, Chargers minus three at Falcons. We'll get into that game more. We did play the Falcons plus three in the contest. So we, I pushed on Annex Squared. We pushed on the other side in the contest. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, Chargers linebacker, tweeted out, ball don't lie, right? I think having to do with the play at the end of that game, if you saw it, I don't even think he played in the game. Um, I felt lucky to get a push there. Atlanta really seemed to control that game. I think they led through three quarters. My three hits, Bengals minus seven at, or excuse me, hosting the Panthers. Fucking whack. Like yeah. you, were, you were like, oh, I love going against guys who like, you know, giving a bunch of points when they're down. Like, dude, 35 nothing. Joe Mixon. I was going against Joe Mixon in fantasy, so he wiped it up for me. But anyway, Bengals minus seven. Regardless of what happened against that, that Browns on Monday night, that lost 32-13, distant memory. Patriots minus five versus minus five and a half versus Colts, the second hit. 
dude, like for the fact that you will get into this, but the fact that you carried the Colts into the contest with Sam Ellinger going against Bill, Bill Belichick, when you just wax poetic about Belichick all day long, Total that's a idiocy. big, big gaff by you. And Belichick and takes his me, field goals, by the way. But you're asking me Saturday morning for my five from Annex Squared as you go to submit the five, right? Hey, I and went out Friday night. I don't usually drink a lot. I forgot to submit the five. I mean, in the nature of total veracity here on Annex Squared, you know, I was a little bit uh, asleep at the wheel in week nine. And typically, you. typically you would be drinking tequila, which will be the, the drink of choice that maybe you'll be consuming if I can catch up on this four-game deficit. But you weren't drinking tequila, right? You're drinking old fashions, drinking, drinking the brown on Friday yeah. night, which that could have let you I down. I was like That's spinning. Trouble. I don't but know anyway, why I was So spinning. Bengals minus seven versus Panthers. Patriots minus five and a half versus Colts. Um, and real quick on that, you know, Frank Wright gets fired after the ball game. We'll get into Jeff. We won't be quick on Jeff Saturday. Um, and then my final play, Ravens minus three at the Saints Monday night. The line, I think, closed at one and a half, so I didn't get a good number. But I wanted all week to have money and action on Lamar Jackson and John Harbaugh. And I enjoyed it thoroughly. And I heard a lot of dialogue today about Andy Dalton, Jameis Winston, however you want to take it. Yeah, I Jameis Winston, I think, you know, there's more flash, more potential for a big, I mean, but Andy Dalton, where are you going with Andy Dalton? I, I said that last week. So three, one and one for me, pick up a game and a half, four games back, chipping away, looking for a big week this week. Anything you want to get into before we get into our contest picks from week nine? I want to talk about you on the Ravens minus three, right? Because it seemed like there was a lot of New Orleans momentum. You mentioned the line closing one and a half. How did all of these NFL minds miss on Lamar Jackson, right? Like, I don't profess to be some NFL sharp analytically whatsoever, right? But I certainly knew that he passed the eye test in college, and I didn't need Michael Vick, of all people, to tell me that he projected well in the NFL and in the modern-day NFL where success, championship success, is inexorably linked to having somebody who can play the quarterback position and ideally, Justin Fields, be able to well, run a little bit. Like, well, you took, yeah, you took the words out of my mouth with Justin Fields, and obviously I think that Lamar Jackson did come at a time where that I think that transition to to really knowing that the mobile quarterback in this era, at least some mobility is really paramount. Um, but I think I don't think you would see that mistake made again nowadays. I think people are more apt to. No, on the it wasn't side that of long ago. I mean, there are still organizations that believe that you need a pocket passer and certainly you need a guy who is pass first run second and a lot of these running quarterbacks they look to throw the ball first anyway right but I think it is daunting for someone like Bill Belichick to think about optimizing an offense for Lamar Jackson you know why else are all these people passing on him it seemed can't miss to me it seemed he should have been a top five pick and I wasn't the only one and seeing all these elite teams and general managers just pass on this guy you know you know what these people would give to have Lamar Jackson right now. So I liked your selection. That's all. I, well, I hear you. And, and, and frankly, I think the AFC is so stacked and so stacked with good, really good quarterbacks. Uh, Baltimore had some health issues and really faded down the stretch of last season. I just don't think they're quite on the radar, but they will continue to be. And I'm sure there'll be a lot of talk about them today as of Tuesday, November 8th, getting after it early. So circa million four pro football contest. So we are five selections this week, one win, Two losses, two pushes. Any week you have two pushes, um, that's, uh, uh, you know, and, and feel like we sort of got the bad side of both. So let's get into our five picks from the contest. So the, so let's talk. I always like talking about the losses first. So the two losses, 
Colts plus five and a half at Patriots. We've talked about this a little bit. Went against me. This I this is the first time I've been on the Patriots this year. I I may not ever be on them again, but going against me in the contest, uh, when we're on opposite sides, you know, maybe we could could lay off of that one. Um, but anyway, we're on the Colts No, I probably the- should have laid off of that game to be sure. And I don't know. It was a play against the Patriots offense, and that part of the selection looked pretty good. But I digress. I mean, I hear you. All right. So, so the next, whether you think this is a bad beat or not. So we had the Dolphins minus five at the Bears, and you know, again, it's like Miami's up thirty-five twenty-five. They have multiple opportunities to kick a field goal, and obviously, there's a little bit of green goggles here, looking for the spread. Mike McDaniel and troops did enough to win the football game. But to me, it just these opportunities for these teams that, you know, you're up three, kick a field goal, force them to score a touchdown, like two opportunities to do that just didn't do that. It's really interesting, though. The Bears are in an identical situation the previous week. They scored a touchdown to cut the score to 28-23. Same exact score at Dallas the week before, went for two in Dallas, didn't get it. Right here, they get it. And it's a big momentum thing. I still kick the extra point there anyway. Those were the two losses, the two pushes. Falcons plus three versus the Chargers. Maybe you want to talk about this. I felt like we were on the right side. Falcons should have won the game. I mean, yeah, we get the push there, but that was a tough one. Oh, man, this Atlanta Falcons team has overachieved. If young Hoku hits a long field goal, 20 to 14, and that essentially gets it off of the three and probably would have gotten that one home, that was really mind-numbing for me. And obviously the late fumble, and then Atlanta gives it right back. And, hey, you know, Sometimes when I'm handicapping a game and I had a big bet on the Ravens on Monday night, I'm just sitting there one and a half Lamar Jackson versus Andy Dalton. Can I pair the handicap down to that? You know, (laughs) and I think in this game, Justin Herbert, despite lacking weaponry again, the Falcons ended up in our five largely because the Los Angeles Chargers are injured and I'm catching three points at Mercedes-Benz Stadium with the home team, right? A lot of that prediction or a lot of that. Cordero Patterson back too. Yes, there were a lot of factors to like Atlanta. Right. I'm looking uh, at your text. But again, That's come right. on, Young Hoku. Sorry, my mic got a got a peek there. No, but, you're good. You know, didn't young Hoku. Young Hoku bangs one home, and you know we're talking a different story. So that was frustrating. Commanders plus three against the Vikings was the other push, and uh, you know key number obviously three and a half, and we did not get three and a half in the contest. That gave me some pause. But I got to tell you, I placed a live bet on Minnesota plus four and a half points when they were down ten, and I'm sitting here thinking, you know, Taylor Heineke is not going to put another point on the board. And Minnesota is probably going to win this game. So I kind of feel a lot of commander backers had the three and a half as I did in the actual sports book. But I think a lot of commander backers honestly are like, you know what? I'll just take my push and move on. Like I didn't feel real good about that as that game sort of evaporated over the last 12 minutes. Well, let me get in there though. But I mean, they're up 17, seven, like you alluded to a 10. Am I talking too much? You're trying to get in there? No, no, no. I love it. I love it. We can slow it down a little bit as both of us could, but Heineke threw one pick late. And I I think that color analyst that forgive me i'm not remembering who it was but just was talking about like his feet nowhere near set and you've talked about a lot of bad tape on a lot of these guys that are backups or whoever i was just looking at your text though it's like oh and for this guy fellowship of the miserable oh and four absolutely po- possible absolutely it was possible bullshit. Oh and four was absolutely but possible. that was what very did i text you that oh that and was, four early, was absolutely early. possible that was early but then we looked great and i feel as though did have some bad beats there. So those two push Falcons and commanders, the fact that both those teams lost those, those football games at home outright, given the situation they were in, not great. And then the one hit Seahawks plus two, 
at the Cardinals went against your annex square picked. We talked about that a little bit. I told you last week, I want to root for Seattle. They're just a better team. Like at some point, you know, it's the Bill Parcells. You are what your record says you are. Six and three now. How much money is Geno Smith going to make? I mean, you want to talk about bad film on some of these guys. There's a lot of good film on Geno Smith. He throws a pick six, right? And did you see the way he responded in kind? They come back and put a lot of points on the board and cover the spread with ease. So Seattle is a team that I will be looking to back in the future. And, uh, you know, again, I just don't know that uh, even this week, I just don't know that the market has totally caught up to uh, to the Seattle Seahawks and what they're doing. So one, two and two on the week puts us at twenty five, 17 and three, 26 and a half points, I believe, in the contest. And uh, to quote Bill Belichick, it kind of is what it is. You know, I'll be happy. The eternal optimist in me will say, I'll be happy if we don't cash and we go back and look at week nine and say, hey, you know, that one, two and two that looked like it could have been a, a three and one, uh, a four and one. If that's the week that prevents us from cashing, that'll mean that we have realized great success over the second half of the season. But, um, man, this is as upset as I've been. Like, I get so excited for Sunday 1 p.m. Eastern, and by 3.30 I could I could kill a man. <laughs> well, 26 and a half points, if you recall, at the end of last week, was that was in the money, whatever that money may be. That was it. And we were at 24 and a half points. 26 and a half was in the money. So a really good week had we gotten up to 28 points. It is what it is. 26 and a half points. So let's get to a couple things from week nine before we move into our picks, contest picks for week 10. So um, just real quick. So I watch the Red Zone channel and then I'm watching the Dolphins game, you know, because we're down here in Miami area. So the Patriots barely sniff the Red Zone channel. And I know you were telling me something about the offenses in these two games. You're just talking about how the worst two offense performances, but it is unbelievable. I think they showed two plays the whole game on the Red Zone for the Patriots. Um, but I will say I've been hard on Mac Jones and I watched his post-game press conference. I've said this before, but I love his leadership ability. I don't just like it. Like, I think he is an A-plus leader. I love him at the mic. Like, I actually do think... His intangibles and leadership ability and maybe his brain that maybe he really will be able to become the starting quarterback of the New England Patriots, you know, you know, long term, because some of the, I really like how he's how he reacts to a lot of the adversity and a lot of the bullshit that's been thrown his way over the last three weeks. He never should have been had lost his position the way he did. And I don't know, I, I feel for the kid and I like him leading this football team, even though I don't really care to watch it. I hear Jeffrey Saturday is a pretty good leader, too. No, but I think you bring up a good point. And it also stands to reason that, hey, maybe Mac Jones will actually get better at football, right? Did people not think Lamar Jackson was going to get any better or more mature? Like, did people not think the game was going to slow down for Lamar Jackson? I mean, Bill Belichick literally could have transitioned from the Tom Brady era to Lamar Jackson. I know. Don't, I don't, all right. We, you, you hammer this and it pisses me off every time. So let's talk about Jim Ursay, right? And we're not going to pay all, play his audio, but anyone who didn't have the privilege of taking in that press conference, regardless of what you, so Frank Reich is fired and he's bringing in Jeff Saturday. I mean, yeah, you know, he's bringing in his guy, Jeff. You see, watching him on TV, seems like he knows what he's talking about. He's going to bring in his guy, Jeff. But like, I mean, Jim Ursay, he's talking, he's talking about, you know, we're not building rockets to send to space. And he's talking about how simple being an NFL coach is and, his press conference was riveting. Like whatever Jim Ursay had, like give me some of that, like that energy. He was really enjoying the moment. Um, fascinating transition. It'd be interesting to see what happens with Saturday. I think if he performs well, he has a great chance to keep the job. Your thoughts on Jim Ursay? 
Well, the meat of his presser was that he said he sort of liked the fact that Jeff Saturday had no collegiate nor professional coaching experience, like totally leaned into that. Now, I've heard a lot of praise out there for Jeff Saturday as a leadership type and just as a really good egg and a a smart guy and a a human being that you want to be around. So I have no doubt that he is already affecting change in a good way in that building. But again, you had an opportunity to hire somebody who was already on the staff like Reggie Wayne. Like the best thing Jeff Saturday could do right now would be to name Reggie Wayne his assistant head coach and ask Jim Irsay for the opportunity to do that. You know, because we don't have the time here to talk about, you know, the the dearth of blackhead coaches in the NFL and why a lot of guys don't get an opportunity. But I think Jeff Saturday could quiet some of that noise by seeing if Jim Irsay would allow him to promote Reggie Wayne. But, you know, the Raiders are hosting the Colts in week 10. This line was three. It's now six and a half for our purposes. And Jeff Saturday pushed something out on social media last week. I mean, it's the ultimate bulletin board material. Did you not see this? Jeff no. Saturday literally pushed out a tweet last week that was like, man, the Raiders are awful. I love it. And now he's coaching against them. I love it. Give me the Raiders, right? I mean, this would be the first time I rushed to the window to bet on Josh McDaniels, and now the price is actually prohibitive. So, Well, to me, I'm thinking Jeff Saturday in his first head coaching appearance, he's going up in against Ah, uh, one of the worst NFL head coaches of all time. Yeah, exactly. And his oh, don't I don't I'm not I don't want to talk about Josh McDaniels. I'll talk about a different Josh real quick. Josh Allen, not much out there on what exactly the injury is to his throwing elbow, but certainly a very significant injury in a division that's certainly tightened up with the Jets winning. Miami and New York Jets are legitimate. The Patriots, I still think, are illegitimate, but really interesting with Josh Allen. The AFC has a lot of talent, and a little bit of a blip like this really could derail the anointed Super Bowl champion favorite, you know. My wife doesn't necessarily know how much I lose or win annually, right? But I literally said to her before the Bills-Jets game, I was like, you know, the Buffalo Bills, we got a pretty good price on them to win the Super Bowl, honey. Uh, We'll win five grand if they win the Super Bowl. Then they lose to the Jets, and now Josh Allen's health is in question. So, yeah, not a great weekend for the Buffalo Bills. And yet, right, potentially back to the window if the price gets north of, you know, plus 700, which I don't think it will. I like my Ravens action there against you. Anyway, let's move on to what we love to do, which is pick NFL football games. And I actually am starting to embrace the Tuesday thing, right? I love that I can sit here and make these picks today. Whether I agree with them or not come down the road, so be it. So as you said, 25, 17, and 3 overall, 26 and a half points. Quickly, the team's coming off week nine buys. Cleveland, Dallas, Denver, New York Giants, Pittsburgh, San Francisco. Teams that have buys this week, Baltimore, Cincinnati, New England, and the Jets. Interesting, right? So so all four of those teams, let's just think about that. I didn't even th- think about that. So the teams that have buys, right? Baltimore wins covers. Cincinnati wins covers. New England wins covers. Ja- ja- I mean, I'm telling you, sometimes these teams show up before the buys. It's in my Anyway. Good, I'll cross good it stuff. out now because you said it. Thank you. So these lines as of Tuesday morning, November 8th, they could certainly change. As you said last week, you're going to lead us off because you're leading on the board. Let's go. No, actually, as the leader on the board, I should reserve the right to decide who leads, but I will lead the dance, and I believe this will be the, you know, my guy Todd Furman, pros versus Joes, right? I'm okay being a fucking Joseph, okay? Give me the Atlanta Falcons (laughs) minus three at P.J. Walker and the Carolina Panthers. Now, historically, laying points, I wish this was two and a half, laying points on a Thursday night on the road, not really a great thing. 
And certainly after getting burned by the Falcons, sometimes I wonder why I would come right back with them. But man, I just don't know about Carolina with everything that's going on, just if they're really going to be able to sustain. That's a bad road loss against Cincinnati, and Atlanta's really playing for something. Like, I don't think it's out of the realm Mm -hmm. of possibility that the Falcons actually win this division. And I do think if you lean into what Cordero Patterson says, you know, he might just go down fighting in terms of the injury, right? Just trying to to make an impact while healthy and mm-hmm. eventually probably suffer a season-ending injury. But I don't know, man. You know, I like the Falcons on the money line to be sure. I think they win this football game. And reluctantly for me, they have to do it by four. But, uh, you know, I like the running game. I think they're sort of in a, uh, a pissed-off mode after letting one get away at home. And uh, I expect a big effort from the fighting Arthur Smiths on Thursday. Atlanta minus three at Carolina, my first pick for week 10. It'll be interesting if Baker Mayfield's starting at quarterback in that game. He's not. All right. Well, that wouldn't necessarily factor in. So before I get to my first selection, are you playing the game in Munich, Germany? Why would I reveal that right now? Get to your selection. Well, no, because I'm going to move on to the one o'clock games. And if you don't want to reveal that now, I just want to make sure we talk about that game. That's why I'm asking you that now. That Seattle-Tampa Bay game is fascinating. I'm not picking it. If If you are picking it, I'll hold off. All right, I'm picking it. I'm taking the Seattle Seahawks plus two and a half against Tampa Bay. What a great drive engineered by Tom Brady. Capstone by a Cade Auten touchdown. Not to save their season. Two drives. Scotty Miller dropped the first touchdown. Yeah. But it was vintage Tom Brady, and I know a lot of people don't want to hear it, right? But... Man, even the ending throw to Kate Otten, you know, just put it in the perfect spot. He's just so locked in, it's not even funny, right? And he was sort of grasping at straws as to why the team wasn't realizing more success. And I think for the first time in Tommy's career, he can't put a finger on why this offense is struggling to the extent to which it is, right? One team that's not struggling is Seattle. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm getting points with this outfit. I just like the team's resolve. I like the youth. I like the defense. I like Geno, my man, Smith. I like Ken Walker, the third. I don't know, man. You know, obviously, uh, the price has moved a little bit. I believe Tampa Bay was one and a half at one point I saw. Now it is two and a half. So ideally for betters out there, maybe you get Seattle plus three. But I will know where I stand coming up on 1 p.m. Eastern. Two early selections. Falcons minus three on Thursday. And I will ride with the Seattle Seahawks plus two and a half in Munich against the Buccaneers. If Tampa Bay doesn't come back and win that game, I really don't think they're, I do not think they're favored in Germany. I don't. And they played a putrid game other than the last few minutes. Seattle's a really good football team. So it's hard to disagree with you there. I might do an old Scott Wetzel opposite play and go with my Buccaneers there. But I I wanted to talk about that game because what a gift. I mean, some of these London games, you know, like anyone who doesn't want to wake up and watch that, you know, Brady was saying, I guess, 67,000 people sold out. I guess 3 million tried to get tickets. It's bananas. You know who won't be watching that? Me. Right. I mean, we're going to get off the air at, uh... oh, no, we're on the East Coast. But, yeah, no, we're going to get off the air at 2.30 p.m. What's this, we? Like, I'm on the fucking air? Yeah. 2.30 a.m. Eastern, probably get back to the hotel. So I will not be watching the London game in all likelihood. You'll be on an airplane. Yeah, maybe I will watch on there. But anyway, I haven't gotten any of my selections. You got two. And my first selection, Jacksonville Jaguars plus nine and a half at the Kansas City Chiefs. Just too many points here. Jaguars down big to the Raiders, outscored them 17-0 in the second half. I criticized Trevor Lawrence last week 
and I talked about how this season almost feels like his rookie campaign, not because it's that bad, but because he really didn't have an opportunity to have a real rookie campaign because that Urban Meyer situation was just a bad situation. And so I do think we're seeing some rookie mistakes from Trevor Lawrence. Peter King made some similar points as well that I heard just about some of his mistakes are just grotesque and not really being able to trust him. But he goes 25 for 31 last week. Travis Etienne is a fucking problem. Yeah. Um, I think Kansas City's going to have their hands full here. They had their hands full with the Titans. And I still think while they're doing okay without Tyreek Hill, I think they're less apt to blow teams out. So I'm going to gobble up the nine and a half points. I think it's a close game here. My first selection, Jaguars plus nine and a half at the Chiefs. I'm going to move on to my second, if you don't mind. I was just going to say the Jaguars enter the bye in week 11 as well, so potentially you get a big effort from uh, from Doug Peterson's bunch there uh, at Arrowhead. Thank you. My second selection, Texans, plus six and a half at the Giants. I understand the Giants are off a bye. They just don't blow teams out. Their biggest win is a home win against the Texans, I think 20 to 12 by eight points. Um I think the Giants are finally starting to get the respect from Vegas that maybe they deserve, but just a little too much respect for me. Let Go win by a touchdown. Let's see if they can win by a touchdown. I just feel like they're lucky a lot of times. They're coming back. They're scraping these wins. And the Texans, you know, they covered last week against Philly, albeit a big spread. But Brandon Cooks, there was a lot of situation potentially going to be trading. I'm hopeful he plays. Nico Collins, another receiver, hopeful to be back. I just think this Tex- Texans organization, Nick Casario, Lovey Smith, they're trying to win football games. I think they're going to show up here, and I think they're going to be healthy, and I think it's going to be a good football game. The Giants haven't shown me that they're the cream of the crop yet, so I'm trying to gobble up some points here. My second pick, Texans, plus six and a half at the Giants. I'm actually on the Giants minus six and a half. My third yes. selection for week 10 yes. as we go the other way. Yes. Looking to fade Davis Mills and that Houston bunch. And I do think if you can bottle Damian Pierce, the rookie, and that's easier said than done. This Houston offense is going to be, you know, under, right? Like, I was looking to play in the Texans under team total, like, every Sunday for a stretch there. So, uh, much better football team. The New York Giants coming off the bye, if I'm not mistaken. I expect a big effort. And, uh, yeah, I mean, they're not a team that historically gets to 30. But uh, I think 27 is enough for the cover. I'll go Giants 27, Texans 17. Giants minus 6.5 for me in Week 10. I love it. Going head-to-head is a great opportunity for me, as always. My third selection, I'm interested on your take in this game, whether or not you play it. The game is Bears versus Lions. Bears minus two and a half. I'm going with the Bears. I'm a, if I'm a Bears fan, I'm excited right now. I know they're trading away their defense. Roquan Smith, Robert Quinn, both gone. They stomped the Patriots Monday night. Then I know they get stomped by Dallas, but they had moments in that game, and they were in that game, and they were in the game against Miami, and they are putting up points. I really like Matt Eberflus, their head coach. Uh, I just think they're starting to figure it out. I just think winning a home game against Detroit, I think Chicago is due to win a home game. I think they're a team going in the right direction. And to me, the Detroit Lions are just such a mess all the time that I believe they'll be drinking the Kool-Aid. I believe they'll be a little overconfident. And I just think they're going to be up against a hungrier team that's going to beat them at home in Chicago. Bears minus two and a half, my third selection. Tell me. And, and that is two and a half right now, minus 115, so a little juice there. I had seen it at three. I like the Bears minus two and a half. That's really an interesting line because I was... I saw it three and two and a half today. No, I'm Go seeing ahead. two and a half live. You're good, but I was sort of... I talked myself off of that game when I saw three. 
One game I did not talk myself off of, I will take Kenny Pickett and crew. The Pittsburgh Steelers coming off the bye, plus two and a half, home to the New Orleans Saints. I think things are really starting to spiral out of control for New Orleans and uh, and Andy Dalton and crew. And I'm getting points here with the home team, home underdog. Give me the Pittsburgh Steelers, plus two and a half. I just think that as Pittsburgh continues to give the rookie quarterback repetitions, Eventually, it's going to start to bear fruit. We've talked in the past about their weapons. Deontay Johnson, chief among them. Chase Claypool no longer walking through that door. And I think that actually might provide some cleanliness to that wide receiver room. Just sort of an outsider's bird's eye view. So uh, I like the Steelers catching two and a half against the New Orleans Saints at home in yeah, week 10. I hear you. Short week for the Saints getting out of the comforts of their dome. Weather's starting to get a I'm, I'm with you there. I like that side. You just sold me on a game that I was sort of on the fence. My fourth selection. Dolphins minus four versus the Browns. I kind of like playing against teams off a of bye. Do you know Let what I mean? Let me see if I can get you a three and a half. I want to hear your handicap, but I'm going to see if I can get you a three and a half. Cause I saw so obviously the Browns, the Browns had that big win 32-13 hosting the Bengals a couple weeks back and then a bye. I just really like three the and Dolphins. a half minus one ten right now. Miami minus three and a half. So I'll take we'll the three and a half a point there. I'll take it. I'll take it. Still not under that key number, but you know, unless Deshaun Watson's playing, I just don't see Cleveland scoring with Miami. They're just so tough to stop. And there are plenty of people that don't think Tua is the guy. Well, I do. Like, I do think he's the guy. I would sign him. I think he's the guy to pair with those guys, with with uh, with the receivers, Waddle and Hill. You know, look, could the Cleveland defense make it a tough day for Tua? Sure. Could Cleveland run very well? Absolutely. Could it be a tight game? I think there's a chance, but I'm hoping Mike McDaniel doesn't leave points on the board this week. Dolphins minus three and a half, my fourth pick. I would be on the Browns plus four, but of course uh, you would. that's neither here nor there because it won't be a selection for me. All right, my fifth and final selection comes with a caveat. If Matt Ryan ends up being inserted back as the starter for the Indianapolis Colts under new head coach, interim head coach Jeffrey Saturday. Perhaps I reserve the right on social media or other places to pivot to maybe Chargers plus seven. But my final selection, Raiders minus six and a half against the Indianapolis Colts. You could have had three, probably three and a half, four, four and a half, five. I'm laying six and a half, and I just have to do it. I watched a lot of that Indianapolis offense last week. Perhaps Jonathan Taylor will be back. But if ever there were a spot to back the Raiders, it's this home tilt against the Indianapolis Colts. I mean, put it on the board, Josh McDaniels, right? Jeff Saturday denigrated your team as a television analyst last week. I guess denigrates probably a strong verb. Now he's the head coach on the other sideline. I do still like the depth chart for the Raiders. I do still feel like they can have a season that maybe gets close to 500 at this point. So, um, albeit reluctantly, again, I didn't love the board in Week 10. I will take the Raiders minus 6.5 home to the Colts as my fifth and final selection. i got to fade that Colts outfit. Like, what is going on? <laughs> well, that's fine. But all this talk prior to the pick about a pivot or a social media, no, no, and no. Like okay, Danic that's fine. squared on a Tuesday. You know right, the rules. Fine. That's, that's how it goes. All right. That's and, hey, just when I did something nice and gave you the half point with the uh, Miami Dolphins, you want to come back and give me a whack. But that's fine. You're right. It is what it is. As I mean, you I'll, were. As you I'll, were. I'll lay the four. My final selection. I'm going against another team coming off a bye. The 49ers are off a bye. I am playing the San Diego Superchargers plus seven. They got me at the 49ers. They got me a push last week. But – 
I I love the 49ers. I expect them to win. I expect a big performance. I, it's just too many points. Uh, the Chargers are all over the map. I don't know what I'm going to get. But in this primetime spot, the Chargers, I just expect them to play a competitive football game and want to put their best foot forward. And I, I think there's sometimes a lack of focus. I'm not a Brandon Staley fan as a head coach. He's just not my guy. But I like a touchdown against a NFC team. I do think the AFC is stronger. I, I so to me, I, I just I like the points here. I I I don't know if I'll be playing this, but to me, it was very tantalizing to see the seven points by the Chargers. I like the 49ers team, but they eh, I don't know. Give me the points. I don't have a great, real long analytical rant for that, other than just wanting to take that touchdown. Yeah, and we'll see what happens on the. Uh... The injury report when it comes to Keenan Allen and Mike Williams and some of the things that the L.A. Chargers are dealing with. And the Christian McCaffrey effect, I'm still sort of trying to navigate as a handicapper, but I would be on the Chargers plus seven. I don't know that you're going to get a seven and a half at any point during the week. But, yeah, it is a lot of points with a a very good offense. And, uh, yeah, not a a bad selection by you there to close out the five. All right, so I'm going to run by my five. And then I'll let you run yours. Last week when I read my five, I watched this back. Like, what? I mean – I mean, it was so fucking fast. Blah, 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 blah. Like I couldn't even, I had to like watch it back three times to even get my own picks to make sure I had the lines right. Anyway. Wow. This is really inside the actor's studio stuff, huh? No, I'm just telling you, man, you and me, we got to slow ourselves down. Jacksonville Jaguars plus nine and a half at the Chiefs. Houston Texans plus six and a half at the Giants. Bears minus two and a half versus the Lions. Dolphins minus three and a half versus the Browns and the Chargers plus seven at the 49ers. Keep in mind, if you're going to tail someone, don't tail me. What are your five? Falcons minus three Thursday night at Carolina. Still holding out hope that we get a two and a half there. In Munich, we will take the Seattle Seahawks plus two and a half against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Good way for Tampa Bay to go to Munich, by the way, off of that win, but I don't think they get another one. New York Giants minus 6.5 against the Houston Texans at home. Steelers plus 2.5, home to New Orleans. And the Raiders minus 6.5 as they welcome uh, Jeff Saturday and the Indianapolis Colts to Las Vegas. As always, we appreciate you all joining us on Annex Squared. Wheels up to New York City tomorrow morning. Can't wait. Just so you know, the hammer.bet where all this action takes place. There's so much going on there always. On Thursday night, Sunday night, Monday night, the the primetime games, 20 minutes before each game, live content. Thursday night, Andrew Walker, Joey Kanish. Sunday night, Rob Pizzola, Fabian Summer. And Monday night, Pizzola again and Eric Eager. Please subscribe to our YouTube channel, Annex Squared. We'd appreciate it. Next week, we'll see you on Tuesday, Wednesday for Annex Squared. Recapping week 10, week 11 picks. See you.